Welcome to the 89th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and L. Brent Bozel IV, Adrian Venter. How does it go, sir? Simon Dennis Eady. I'm doing well. Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I forgot what I regularly do at the beginning, and I am Mr. Bozel, and maybe that's why I forgot what I regularly do, Simon. Mr. Bozel is the the parents' TV council Superman or whatever. You know what I'm saying, Simon? You know where I'm getting going with this? Superman? You mean the founder? The founder, Mr. Basel. Hold on. Do you call founders Superman? Yeah. Yeah. Why would Superman even come in your mind at all? I don't know, man. I, I have no idea, actually. And you also screwed up the intro. I'm pretty sure you yeah. didn't say General Kenobi. Am I wrong? General Kenobi, it goes quite well, my friend. How art thou? Oh my god! See, it doesn't work now that now we're like a minute in. This intro is a mess. Yeah, I know. And Ellie's here. She just decided. She's like, "Hey, I'm gonna start playing with my little my little uh, pig, my squeaky pig, Classic. right now." Classic. All we need right now, just at this very moment, is your clock to go off. Oh, actually, it should have went off 15 minutes ago. Yeah. We're recording this right at 10 o'clock p.m. Yeah. And your clock, for some reason, is 15 minutes behind. It's eight for the minutes. Chime. Whatever. It, it's ridiculous regardless. It's whatever. So I'm sure we'll hear at some point mm-hmm. and at some point in 45 minutes. But yeah. Anyways, Simon, in reference to Mr. Basel, um, did you hear about what the Parents TV Council said about, you know, those Netflix shows going on uh, Disney Plus, Simon Eady? I did. It's kind of ridiculous. So just to give some background before you get into what he what he said or what they said, I guess. I don't think Basel said it, but anyway. Basel didn't say it, no. No, the founder didn't say it. But regardless, the the point is is that we talked about last week and we've been we've been speculating for a couple months about how Disney might be taking the shows, the Daredevil, Jessica Jones, the Defender series from Netflix and placing them on their own. Uh, their own streaming service, Disney Plus, because mm-hmm. that's supposed to happen on March 16th now, which was announced last week. And it's going on Disney Plus proper. It's not going on Hulu, which is usually reserved for the more mature fare uh, that Disney offers because Hulu mm-hmm. is very much owned by Disney. And so in this case, they're actually putting Daredevil, et cetera, on, on Disney Plus proper. And they're just basically putting parental controls so that you can control uh, what each profile, like so if I have... You know, my my son on there, mm-hmm. my five year old son, um, who, whom I don't have. Yeah, you have a kid? No, I don't. Oh. I don't. This is a hypothetical situation. Understood. Okay. Um, but if I had a three year old child, wait, five year old or three year old? You're switching it up now. That's split the difference. Take an average. Four. He's four. Four year old child. Okay. And so, is it a boy or a girl? Four year old. I said it's a son. So, oh, uh, son. Can, are you are you even listening at all to anything I'm saying? What's going on here? <laughs> can a son can a son be a girl? Yeah. I guess actually, you know what? Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What am I talking you gotta about? Got to be more progressive, dude. Yeah, that's true. You're right. <laughs> Are we ever going to say what we're going to say? I don't even know. But regardless, the point is, on March 16th, those shows are coming to Disney Plus proper, mm-hmm. and there are parental controls on each profile, and it prompts you right, like from I think I, I guess it's going to prompt you right from March 16th to put 
various parental controls on each profile. It, are, are you wanting each profile to be MA, uh, like mature content or not? Do you mm-hmm. want only under 18 content available on those profiles or not? You get the choice as a parent or somebody who actually controls the accounts. Like for you, Adrian, I'm making sure that your profile only does under 18 because oh. that's only the only way. You're a good friend. We can do that because you steal my profile. So I, I have to punish you somehow. No, I'm not going to do that. That would be, oh, be rude. What's that? I just said, oh, punish me in a seductive way. Oh, okay. Cool. Um. <coughs> I don't know why. It's kind of weird. But Adrian, what did the parental, the parents, t- I thought that was a parental. Isn't that the parental television? I don't know. The parents TV console. I'm just reading the notes. The PTV. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's the parents television console. Cons- console? Console. Console. The newest console coming straight to you. It's going to go head to head with the PlayStation 5. It's the parents TV console. Okay. That's not what it is. But regardless, what did they say about this move by Disney? Simon, I'm taking this uh, quote from Variety, the hit website Variety, where they post a variety of news articles. And I'll start. You ready? Yeah, I'm I'm completely ready. Okay, awesome. For more than 98 years, the Walt Disney Company has been synonymous with the words family friendly. And I can think of no other corporation in American history that has been built more squarely on the backs and on the wallets of parents and families. Tim Winter president of the Parents Television and Media Council said in a statement. He continued, Mm. the company's eponymous, it's a new word, eponymous? What does that mean? Uh, Let's find out. Massive is my guess. Eponymous. Giving their name to something. Because it's Disney, I think it's because it's Disney Plus as opposed to being called something else. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I never used that word eponymous, but I should. It's a new one. It's a good word. It's a big word. It's a quality word, man. Wow. Anyways, uh, Tim Winter continued, the company's eponymous platform, Disney Plus, logically marketed itself as a family-friendly streaming service, and parents have placed their trust in Disney to deliver, to deliver just that. It seems wildly off-brand for Disney Plus to add TV-MA and R-rated programming to this platform ostensibly to increase subscription revenue. So what comes next? Adding live striptease performances in <laughs> Fantasyland at Disney World? Question yeah. mark? Oh boy. There is no need for Disney Plus to compete with the explicit content on other streaming platforms. Disney is already at a competitive advantage with a streaming platform that is the safest one out there for families. Its foray into TVMA-rated affair will forever tarnish its family friendly crown wow and that's from uh, once again tim winter the president of the parents tv council oh sorry not l brent basel the third my mistake no yeah l brent basel the third he's just the founder he's a superman of it but yeah he's a superman of the yeah. of the organization but tim winter is just a little Bitch boy is Whoa. what I'm gonna say. Nah, I'm, I'm, he might be a nice guy, but I don't know. I just find uh, I find the statement about like what's what comes next, adding live striptease performances in Fantasyland at Disney World. Uh. It's like what? What a dumb fucking statement. That's so stupid. I talked about this last week briefly, and we don't talk about politics that much on our show. But I specifically mentioned that people don't understand. That anything but black and white a lot of the time. And that's, that's one of the reasons why there's so much division, I feel like, across the like political spectrums is because people can't understand gray. They just understand black and white. It's either good mm-hmm. or it's bad. 
And this is like <laughs> comparing Stripti's performances at Fantasyland to having completely, by the way, age-locked content that if you are mm-hmm. an actual parent who is parenting, you should be able to control what your child sees on both Disney Plus, but also the internet. I mean, the internet's a vast place, Adrian. I feel like there's other it's things huge. that are worse than Daredevil. I think so as well. You know, you can find like beheading videos online if you want to. Yeah, well, those are harder to find than maybe porn would be a good well, one. A good uh, that, yeah, porn, good call. That exists. When I was a kid, um, I I literally like saw like a beheading video when I was when I was a kid. Oh, I remember just like looking online. It's wow. like Russian beheading. It was really messed up. Yeah, that sounds messed up. Man, that explains a lot. It's funny. I feel like so many people like looked at, up those videos when they were kids. Did you ever look up any of those like crazy ass videos? I did not. I did not. Yeah. Or like two girls, one cup. Remember two girls, one cup. I, I like never watched talked that, about this actually. Or there's the the one man in the jar where he sticks a glass jar up his ass and it breaks. <laughs> I've never seen that either. No. No. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. The Wild West online. Let me tell you, Simon. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. What? Sorry. What age did you see this stuff? I don't remember. I was young, like elementary school. Mm, yes, explains so much. Yeah, probably. You're not even you're not even riffing off that. You're just like you're just accepting I, it. it. It doesn't feel feel the joke. I'm just joking, Adrian. It's okay, okay. Jesus. Well, I mean, you hurted my feelings, and I just I just I just took it. You know, I didn't. No, I don't mean it. You you're fine. You're normal. You're a normal guy. I'm not normal. Well, no one's normal. What's normal? Normal's normal. That's a good question. It's all relative. It's silly. Yeah. But regardless, that's not what we're talking about here. So you think this is silly. I think it's really silly, this whole situation with the parents' TV council. Because again, you can lock you can lock each profile on Disney Plus with a pin. So even if like you're like worried that your kid's going to get you know, wily and like go onto a Disney Plus account and then use their parents' account to watch mm. like, heaven forbid, heaven forbid they watched, you know, Iron Fist, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrible. They yeah. did that. Um, versus going on the internet and watching anything else. Double anal fisting or something like that. Exactly. Right. Thank you for all the specific, specific videos. Just keep it coming. Nice. But if if they did go online and watch uh, any any particular video, um, I mean, it would be worse. But obviously, routers have parental controls. Even Disney mm-hmm. actually created, I don't know if you remember this, but Disney created like this device that you can connect to your router. Yeah. Yeah, Disney Circle. Yeah, at Disney Circle. I yeah. can't remember the name of it. Well done. But yeah, it's Disney Circle that all the traffic routes through so that it can stop your child from potentially going on to illicit sites. It's like a sensor, mm. which I appreciate. I think that's cool. It is weird that it was Disney that did that, though. And then there's mm. this, I guess. I guess there's a weird dichotomy there. But then again, again, they did put parental controls literally on Disney Plus to avoid the problem that this might cause. My question for you, Adrian, after all of this um, situation is going to happen after March 16th, do you think that it's just going to eventually phase out Hulu? Because I just, I really think that Hulu is just going to get phased out. I think that's the best plan and strategy going forward because in Canada, we don't have Hulu. We just have Mm -hmm. star content like Pam and Tommy is just on. That's what's so weird too, is that in Canada, we've had this situation already like for a year so it's, yeah it, this is so alarming for us because we're like we have already had this for a year like relax i don't recall any parents tv council of canada complaining about this mm-hmm. um, even though pam and tommy's literally on just disney plus proper on like a the subset called star yeah um so what do you think 
is Hulu just going to become Disney Plus or vice versa? Hulu will be just like a like a subcategory, like um, Star Wars is on Disney Plus. Um, yeah. What do you mean, Star Wars? So, so if you look at like, I think it's Star Wars, if I'm not mistaken. But if you look at like the the subcategories of of mm. Disney Plus, when you go in, you got Star Wars, Marvel, Star. Oh yeah, like National Geographic. National Geographic. Yeah, yeah you're right. Star for us. So Hulu mm-hmm. would be one of them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that would make sense. I don't really see why they haven't done that. The only reason I can think that it might not work out is because I don't think Hulu is 100% owned by Disney. I think, yeah, like, I, I think there are other, um, you know, players in on it. I know like NBC used to be a part of it. I don't know if they still are. I think Disney's um, the majority shareholder though. I, I think that's why. Yeah. But but even so, we getting we're getting a lot of Hulu content like Pam and Tommy on mm-hmm. Disney Plus in Canada. So I, I imagine that they have full control of they have the controlling power of Hulu. Yeah. Um, so because uh, I think they're the ones creating the content too. Like they're the producers. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that's the primary. Yeah. So Walt Disney is major. Sorry, uh, Hulu is majority owned by the Walt Disney Company and uh, NBC Universal holding a minority stake. Right in it right now so right and like right now i mean like again this is off wikipedia so take this with a grain of salt but according to uh wikipedia there's 45.3 million hulu users in the states as of january 1st 2022 yeah so like i don't know if it would make sense to do that to like consolidate them because i'm sure there are people that are double dipping I'm sure there are people paying for Hulu as well as paying for Disney. And then you're just kind of leaving that money on the table. I don't know. But I think it would make sense for them to put it together. Uh, I, I, I don't really – again, there's just too many goddamn services. There's too many apps. There's It's annoying. I think consolidation um, of these applications at least and these streaming services is, is a good thing. Um and yeah, I would like to see it. And I don't know. I'm kind of stoked that here in Canada, we don't have to deal with that. Like, again, like the vast majority of Hulu releases end up going on star anyways. There are a couple that kind of, I guess, slip through the cracks or like go to a, like a different distributor. So I can think of, um, what was it? Palm Springs. Like that went to Amazon Prime video here in Canada as an example. And that was yeah, like did, a Hulu. We didn't have star at the time though. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Good call actually. So I think pretty much since, yeah, like Star's launched, we've gotten all the Hulu stuff on there. And even, um, yeah, like How I Met Your Father, I don't think it was airing there initially. I could be wrong, but now I'm like seeing ads for it and being like, hey, it's on Disney+. Plus." So hmm. it's interesting. I don't know. I feel like they definitely should consolidate the two. Yeah. Yeah, it would be cool. Let's see yeah. what happens. You're right, though, the living money on the table kind of thing. Because if you are mm-hmm. already, well, I guess it also depends on how many of those millions are also subscribing to Disney like simultaneously. So they'd have to yeah. kind of take a look at that but i think you can get like there's a bundle i think because they also own espn so i think there's a oh. bundle yeah in the states um, where you can yeah. just get them all i'm pretty sure there is hmm. but uh yeah it's cool but yeah this is ridiculous yeah <laughs> i don't uh i don't know just, just use the parental controls you're the parent I, I don't know what else to say like i get it i actually the eponymous thing is actually quite a interesting concept and in that the fact that the company's name is on it. I did question that quite a bit. And I, we talked about that when Pam and Tommy was being advertised on Facebook, it was just being advertised as on Disney plus catch it. now. Mm-hmm. it's like, it's a weird thing for, to have Disney on that name without star really 
with too much visibility. Like it was not mm-hmm. very clear. Yeah, but, I think it's uh, in, like, small font in the bottom right corner or some shit like that. I feel like this was inevitable though. They own everything. They own mm-hmm. so much. Like I, I they're Disney. They ultimately it's it's the parent company of all of this stuff is Disney in the end. And like when mm-hmm. they buy all of the almost the entire market, they I feel like they own like what thirty five percent or something, forty percent of what you know all of the producers of of content in Hollywood at this point. They, they own a lot. I don't maybe that's mm-hmm. not, maybe it's not that high, but it's they own a lot. And so if they own that much, and they're probably going to keep growing and potentially keep with their mergers and acquisitions and keep buying other brands mm-hmm. that, uh, I don't know, what are you, you going to do at that point? They're not going to just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's better consolidated on a marketing perspective, I would argue, but they just have to, I don't know, they have to work on the parental controls or maybe better explanations of it to make mm-hmm. it clearer for parents, I guess, so that organizations like these don't, you know, throw a fit. Yeah. You know, you don't want those strip teases at the fantasy land in Disney World. You know what I'm saying? I do. But yeah, I can see why some people wouldn't. I see, Adrian. All right. Well, Adrian, I made a mistake this week. (gasps) You? Yeah, I know. It's the second week in a row. I'm on a roll. Well, if you made one, then technically I made one because my mistakes are your mistakes and your mistakes are my mistakes. But yeah, what, what did you do? I specifically said that Cineplex won their lawsuit against Cineworld. Cineworld was uh, buying Cineplex. The deal fell through in the pandemic because they got cold feet ultimately and the court ruled that way. And so Cineworld basically is appealing, but they lost the lawsuit. But Cineplex was basically suing Cineworld because of the deal fell through for the merger. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were suing them for $2 billion, but they actually won only $1.24 billion. So they were suing them for $2 billion, but they didn't win that much. The, the actual acquisition, Cineworld, Cineworld buying Cineplex, that was actually $2.4 billion or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have made sense <laughs> anyway. But even, yeah. even still, it's still ridiculous. That it's still over half. It. I know. It's still yeah. insane considering the Cineplex still owns their company and they mm-hmm. didn't get merged or acquired by I think it was an acquisition. I'm not quite sure the difference. <laughs> but anyway, between the merger and acquisition bit. But yeah. 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 I think that, that would be considered an acquisition because Cineworld is so much larger than Cineplex. Mm-hmm. Anyways, UK Cineworld lost the lawsuit and they have to pay unless they win the appeal $1.24 billion, not $2 billion. So my mistake, Adrian. My mistake. I apologize. Our mistake. Yeah. Um, but uh, moving on from that. Adrian, what have you been watching this week, my friend? What have you been watching this week? Oh, Simon. So last week I said specifically, I'm going to watch Turning Red this week. Yeah, I think you said it twice. And I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. And honestly, I apologize for not watching it. I um, Yeah, you failed me. Honestly, the main reason I didn't want to watch it is, I don't know if you saw the Cineblend, a Cinema Blend review from like mm-hmm. Sean O'Connell. Yeah. Yeah, where he's just saying like how that movie is limiting, you know, as like a white dude, you just can't relate to it. So I, I had like read that review and I was like, honestly, I'm not going to watch this movie. Screw this movie. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. What a dumb thing. What a dumb review. Anyways, um, but no, I actually didn't watch it. I, I apologize. I, I just I, I didn't have the time. The time oh, fell through. I see. I didn't manage my time properly, Simon, and I failed not only you, you. So wait, you're saying that you 
you're not worried about the relatability of the content of being about an uh, an Asian girl living in Toronto? No, that's I'm that's not. not what deterred you from watching Turning Red on Disney Plus. It did not what deterred me. Yeah, it did not what deterred you. Okay, it did not what deterred me. Good. And honestly, I feel like I relate to a, a little Asian girl often, actually. <laughs> okay, um, right. but but yeah, I just couldn't. I just didn't get around to it, unfortunately. And then I apologize. Look, man, I rushed home today. I, I'm not joking you. I did actually rush home. My girlfriend prepared a meal, planning to watch the the movie right as soon as I got home. We mm-hmm. we made, she made dinner beforehand. What'd you make? We normally make dinner together. She made a spinach dip, which was very good. Oh, I love spinach. Dip. And we watched Turning Red. We kind of rushed it, and I kind of feel bad because I you watched it on one point five times speed. No, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. But uh, I just feel like, well, I got I got the most of it. I feel like yeah. it ended just in time. Except I did promise that I would uh, have started this podcast, the recording, 10 minutes earlier, and I failed you. But I didn't really fail you because you failed me. So I guess it all evens itself out. It's a double negative, so it's a positive. Yeah. I tried my yeah. best to get it done earlier. I, I almost like left early mm-hmm. to try and watch it. It's a good thing I didn't do that because you just didn't watch it, and we were supposed to review it together. I failed you, and I apologize, man. I apologize just- to you, to every listener, to my to my family. Oh, wow. Okay. To Ellie. Yeah. To anyone I ever heard in my life, honestly. Whoa. But for this? Yeah. Um, But Simon. What? Yeah. What do you think of this movie? You tell me. Convince me to watch this movie. I'm going to watch it regardless. Okay. 100%. But convince me to watch this movie because I'll get to it. Yeah. But you convince me to watch something. Yeah, for sure. Um, It's uh, pretty amazing. I really love it. I really like it. I mean, what what is there not to like? It's a Pixar film, right? I mean, we, mm. we always like the Pixar films. I, I don't think there's a Pixar film I've ever seen. I've never watched Cars that I didn't like. Um, I feel like I should see Cars because I feel like that would mm-hmm. maybe I'd question my love for Pixar. A little yeah. Bit but I don't know. People don't dislike Cars. Hopefully, hopefully Sean O'Connell can relate to Cars because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what a weird, what a, what a, what a ridiculous review that is. It's <laughs> so, so unbelievable. I didn't actually yeah. listen to, I didn't read the review. I read there was a, there was like a review of the review. Like Variety wrote an article about it mm-hmm. and had quotes from it. And it was, the thing about the not relating, it's just, it's so dumb. Although we live in Canada and we live like outside of Toronto. So I guess maybe we relate on that perspective. But even mm-hmm. then, like Toronto is not that different from like a big city in the States, really. Except there's less guns. There's still guns though, which is pretty cool. Uh, I don't know about cool, but yeah, there are still guns. Yeah, yeah. But it's the cool thing about this, just to go into that Toronto thing. It is very heavily like related to Toronto, and it makes sense because I mean, it takes place in Toronto, and it's Toronto. It's not a city. uh, Sorry, it's not a. It's definitely a city. It's not a character in the same way that Gotham is in the Batman, like we talked Mm -hmm. about last week. But it is a character in a lot of ways. Like they they have the Sky Dome in it, and the CN Tower is like on display, and like. Oh, that's cool. Like Chinatown is very clearly there. And like they've got like all like a lot of these very awesome Canadian references, which I really appreciate. Um, but like May, the main character, is very charming. The voice acting is very good. I again the not relating thing is seems dumb. I don't understand. I feel like yeah, it's so strange. This is such an again, I don't want to talk too much about that review because it's just so stupid. But anyway, um, 
there's uh it's a coming of age story which i i know you'll love adrian that's why i'm disappointed that i also don't get to talk to you about it because i feel like every time there's a coming of age story whether it be eighth grade or um what's another one you like uh even actually oh the movie we just watched i know you really like licorice pizza Mm-hmm. Out of like Nightmare Alley and Licorice Pizza, which we saw on the same day, you definitely liked Licorice Pizza better, mm-hmm. if I recall. At the time. Um, oh, so maybe not anymore. Yeah, I think I changed my opinion on it after. Okay. The weirdness. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Still a good movie. But, but I know that you like that kind of movie, and mm-hmm. uh, and so it and it does that justice. And the animation is so beautiful. Again, every time I see a Pixar movie. I get a little bit more blown away by the animation. It's so strange. I don't understand how they do it. Like the the use of water, the way they animate water at Pixar Studios, I can't believe it. I, I just, I'm kind of shocked. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's kind of amazing. It's just, uh, it's really good. It's really charming. It's very funny. I teared up. Although I don't know if this is a tearjerker as other Pixar movies have been. Mm-hmm. Like, certainly not an Inside Out type situation. Um, I mean, prove me wrong, Adrian, but I don't. Think so i just have been tearing up lately more often i feel like in a lot of these movies there's there are some emotional beats for sure mm-hmm. um the music's amazing it's ludwig Göransson does a, some of the music and then there's uh songs and songs written by uh phineas o'connell and billy eilish which oh, is really, really cool well it's like um the, there was a some um executive at disney who was a big fan of billy eilish and he thought it would be a good idea to get her involved and uh there was this concept of like it takes place in 2002 in toronto and the main character may is got her girlfriends like in she's just just leaving elementary school she's getting into high school basically it's very much again coming of age story it's literally mm-hmm. in eighth grade <laughs> i guess as a reference to the bo burnham movie um but she she has like three friends who she's like so close with and it's really a movie largely about friendship in some ways too and the pressures of family as well um like the pressures of uh, of her more traditional kind of family as well and Mm -hmm. um but her her girlfriends and her love this band that's very much like in sync or uh good old the backstreet boys Mm -hmm. and they're called four town nice and there's like music featured from this fictional band and they and they feature these characters like the like the like like you would like and how they're in love with them kind of thing mm-hmm. and the, how they love them so much and they believe that like kind of going to a concert of theirs would make their life which is kind of ridiculous but it's it's very funny again and and, and then there's the whole there's a, some kind of uh, traditional like Chinese lore in there as well her family's kind of got, got like this interesting family history that like kind of influences the rest of the film and mm-hmm. it's kind of again a very neat thing in that they they mix stuff of legends potentially with modern day or actually it's not modern day because it's 2002 but there's also mm-hmm. the 2002 elements that you'll see throughout too like peppered in there like music from the 2000 like two era which was would be like backstreet boys as an example mm-hmm. and various other little things into like 2002 toronto which again we can relate to because we're canadian it's true so we have that advantage. I'm also I'm also a little Asian girl, so I can definitely relate to it. Exactly, precisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, was this movie amazing? Yes, it had amazing oh. music, it had an amazing animation, really good voice acting, really like surprising plot elements that kind of like threw me for a loop a little bit. Like I was like, oh, I didn't think it was going to go that direction. Um, 
the fur on this panda man is just lifelike hmm. again it's just uh it's wild am i a fan heck yes this is a great movie on pixar nice. and if you have a if you have a disney plus subscription you should watch it the one thing that irks me a lot, actually, just because of how good this movie is and how good Pixar movies have traditionally always been, is why the heck is this not going to theaters? After so much has opened up over the last few months, especially in Canada, which mm. this movie takes place in, but also in the States, too. So I'm like a little lost. I don't, I'm not sure why they made that decision in the first place, especially when the Batman, it's like coming off of the Batman's great uh, you know, opening weekend and... I don't know. I don't know. And it bothers me because this movie's gold. And uh, yeah, don't know. It's annoying. Yeah, that is a little annoying. I, again, I just love the movie going experience. So it's kind of annoying that uh, that, it, that it isn't out in the theaters. But I mean, you sold me on it, Simon. You sold me on it. I'm going to watch it this week. I was going to watch it again anyways, but I'm going to watch it for sure now because you told me to watch it and that it's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to watch it anyway. But speaking of things that you told me to watch, Simon, that you're like, Ooh. I'm certain you're going to like this show. I, I, would, yeah. I, would, I would cut off my, my entire leg if you don't like this show, Adrian, is what you said to me. No, no, I didn't. And then I was like, Simon, I, I, I hope I don't like this show so you can cut off your leg. But alas, Simon, this show that you recommended to me is called The After Party is an apple tv plus original series hmm. yeah. starring tiffany haddish she, she's honestly the star but there's, there's a amazing cast you know ben schwartz is in there all that stuff um and 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 good news you don't have to cut off your leg simon because i goddamn oh. love this show okay how far did you get i finished it i binge watched the eight episodes that are released and it is awesome amazing it, when did you finish the last episode uh thursday I think. Oh, okay. Thursday or Wednesday. Okay. Just make sure it wasn't yesterday. That's all. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but yeah, you know why? Yeah, because tr- I know because <laughs> Turning Red came out yesterday, and I didn't have the time. God damn it! We just do a better job reviewing things together. I think we play off of each other. I'm trying to even give you less details because sometimes you don't like watching trailers because you don't want to spoil tiny elements. Look, man, I'm respecting you during my review, and I, I sh- we should be together on this. And it's just unprofessional. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm totally unprofessional. Well, that's, the, I mean, that's without being said, but yeah, I, I won't say it again because everyone knows it. But uh, anyways, I appreciate, I respect you too. Anyways. Um, but yeah, the after party uh, for uh, j- just to do a quick Cole's notes on it. It's a, uh, you know, a show uh, about this cast of characters that, you know, they go to a high school re- reunion about 15 years after they graduated. And, um, you know, after the high school reunion, they go to an after party (gasps) where one of them gets murdered and Tiffany Haddish is a a detective that shows up and (gasps) she is, she is on the the hunt. She's going to solve, uh, who murdered this person. And it's really cool what they do because she interviews, um, all these individuals, um, in the, in the after party and every, way they tell the story it's like a different sort of movie style so you know the first one's kind of like a rom-com then there's like an action movie there's a musical one all this like dumb stuff and it's it's brilliantly done and you mentioned how like they they drop little hints and you can honestly figure out who the murderer is prior to the final episode which actually i guessed funnily enough um 
And like when it when the reveal happened, I was like, oh, damn. And then, it you know, like it, it shows like all the little things that was sprinkled throughout the show. And it's hold, very hold well done. Did you actually guess it or was like hindsight 2020? You're like, I thought it might be him. But then you're at the end. You're like, I did guess it. Because at one point, one of the characters literally says, I knew it like 10 times for yeah. 10 different <laughs> situations. So I'm wondering if you did that, too, because I, I sort it. of guessed it, too. But I didn't really guess it, if I'm being honest, because there's always multiple options. I didn't say out loud, this is the person for sure. I wasn't 100% sure at any point. I was always kind of in the in the wind, like thinking, ooh, who could it be? Yeah. It could be this person, but it could be this person. But who is it this, this time? And I kind of – we talked about this, like my girlfriend and I consistently, like who do you think it is? Who do you think it is? Like from week to week. We just were curious, but we didn't uh, – We didn't. I don't think we can say we guessed it, but we – we could, you know, we had some reasons to believe that it was the individual who, who yeah. was the person, but there was also reasons to believe that it was the other people. Mm-hmm. It's true. So are you just cheating the system here, and you're like, ah, oh, I guessed it. I I knew 100 percent right from the beginning. I knew 100. percent I wrote Simon. I wrote it on a piece of paper and I mailed it to myself with with oh, a yeah? date stamped Should've on it. Should have mailed it to me. Mm-hmm. Next time I will. Next time I will. For season two of the after party, I'll do that. But again, it's yeah. it's a really great show. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, again, I, I agree with what you said about Tiffany Haddish's character, how she just grows on you more and more as the, you know, the, 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 the episodes progress. And honestly, she's just 10 out of 10. Like, I think probably my favorite character in the show, along with a character named Walt, who is the <laughs> most awkward individual yeah. of all time. And honestly multiple times i just burst out laughing just with his like weird mannerisms and stuff like that it's it's the most uncomfortable thing to watch in all the right ways and all in all again it's a brilliant show again super high production values amazing cast you know dave frank was also in it um it's just it's it's really great and you were 100 right this is definitely my kind of show it's a comedy it's a murder mystery it's a whodunit it's really fun uh, very well written, very, very well acted. Um, the jokes sprinkled throughout are 10 out of 10. Um, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I appreciate you recommending this show to me, man. I do not regret watching it. There was a, there was a certain episode that I thought, I, I think right after this episode aired, I'm like, oh, Adrian's just going to love this show. And that was kind of the point. And it was the Ben Schwartz centered episode. Mm-hmm. I think it was episode three. And I was like, yeah, oh was- man, there's no way Adrian doesn't love this. Yeah, it's like because there's again they're they're in a different style for each of these characters they are again telling their story in the way that they tell them and they're pretty eccentric people honestly mm-hmm. and it, it changes the, the game and it's funny because it can be you could be seeing the same events happening over and over again with slight variations but you you get these different styles that change the game so much that it never becomes boring which i think mm-hmm. is brilliant i'm kind of hoping the next season which I don't understand how there's an after party for season two, but anyway, um, the season two after party, I'm wondering if they're going to do the same kind of similar idea, but mm-hmm. detective Danner isn't great um, necessarily at some detecting, but she's a great per- people person. I think mm-hmm. that's her, her trait that, that works very well. So I'd yeah. imagine that, that she probably will approach the next season with a similar approach, but this is again, an Apple TV plus original and they just killed it with the quality. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. This is one of their best offerings so far. Definitely. So obviously we love Ted Lasso, but mm-hmm. Mythic Quest as well. I, I adore. Oh yeah. Mythic mm-hmm. Quest is so good. And Severance, 
Uh, I'm make my way through it. It's ten episodes though, and I maybe I made a mistake starting it. Honestly, I just hate week to week. I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. I don't know what it is about week to week. It's just. It's a weird thing. It's like I almost like we uh, again. This is going inside baseball for video games, but I don't like the episodic games. Yeah, like Telltale, like games back in the day, or even Life is Strange. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the first Life why, is Strange is Life is Strange too. Yeah, the reason why though I don't like that kind of style, I rather they just release all the episodes at once for that, is because of the fact that I start getting tied up with other things. So I'll get mm-hmm. into like an open world game or whatever, and I'll be so enthralled in it that I if the next episode comes out I'm just not interested or I'm interested mm-hmm. but I've forgotten what happened and I just don't really care because there's like 50 shows like the, the launching all at once or like with smaller gaps is better because of that too and I think that that's something I feel like I didn't give credit for I know I've said this so much I feel like a broken record but that's another reason that I never said mm-hmm. you, you feel that a little bit you know what I'm saying like you got to watch After Party all at once, and I feel like you had a bit of an advantage. Honestly, I really don't. We we stopped watching After Party at the at a certain point, and we just started watching other shows that had finished because we're like, this is dumb. Like we we're we're really into it, but then it just it's like stops. It's like mm-hmm. we're really into it, stops. Like I don't want that. I just want to see the show. I want to watch it. I, again, we're in a new age. Like they need to learn. I, I don't I don't know if they ever will though. So because they all want to keep their subscriber base talking about their shows each week. Mm-hmm. We're back to, back to like 1965 for TV show. My favorite year. Yeah, that was the year my anyway. father was born. Fun fact. Was it actually? Yeah, I just nailed the date on the dot. Yeah, man. Well, I guess I could have said 1967. And you're like, and oh, that was the year that I don't know something else happened. That was the year that my dad bought a canoe. Yeah, at the age of two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two-year-old child yeah. yeah okay um yeah cool i'm glad you liked it and then mm-hmm. i feel like i know how to pick them for you that's all i'm gonna say yeah you're a good friend that's two for two i got for you i, I feel like it's more than two for two but the last two i suggested for to you was avenue five and the after party mm-hmm. i also suggested white lotus which i think you'll enjoy too yeah maybe i'll watch that next i think the after party is a very different kind of show but white lotus is also very good Nice. But uh, yeah, I don't recommend White Lotus as much as I recommended the after party, for sure. And even even potentially Avenue 5. Although Avenue 5 is, five is definitely not as highly rated mm-hmm. as, uh, as White Lotus. Yeah, that, that, that confused me. That show's fucking awesome. <laughs> I really love that Weird. show. Yeah, yeah, very strange. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Adrian, did you watch anything else this week? Uh, Simon, I did actually indeed do watch something else. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this one a little brief before we jump into the, the thing that we both watch, but there's this new Netflix interactive sort of, uh, like short film thing called cat burglar. Oh, so what cat burglar is, it's in like this, like almost older style animation, like this, like nice, like 2d animation kind of gives you like Tom and Jerry vibes where, uh, there's this cat trying to, uh, break into a museum and steal shit. And there's like this little dog. It's an actual cat. Yeah, like an actual real life cat that's animated. That's not what? real life. Um, and <laughs> okay. this cat is a burglar and is trying to break into like a museum of sorts and, and steal some stuff. And yeah. there's this there, there's this little dog and the dog is like the security guard and, and it's trying to stop mm. the cat from going into the, the, yes. the, the museum. And what – this this i guess interactive short film how it plays out is like 
it, it plays again, the short film and, and the cat's just doing shit. And at these key moments, there are little like trivia questions that pop up. And then you have to like, you know, select the right answer to the trivia question real quick. And if you select, you know, three of them in a row correctly, the cat will continue forward and, and get to the next stage. And if you get it, guess it wrong, like it'll the cat will i don't know like shoot itself in the foot or something stupid um or the if dog you get will, like, one of the three wrong mm-hmm, just one of the three wrong if you get all three wrong is it worse or i don't know because okay. i was so good that i only got one of the three wrong ever okay um so I'm, so, I'm sorry I, i'm i'm having trouble understanding so he you get one wrong and then he takes out his gun and shoots himself in the, in the foot or you're saying that he messes something up he messes something up Oh, okay. Yeah. He doesn't like literally shoot himself. He's not like intentionally maiming himself. He's like, how dare you do this? And he like takes a gun and he's just pointing at his head and he's like, you did this to me. That's yeah. what I'm picturing. But I don't think that's what you're saying. No, no, I'm not. Um, okay. But uh, essentially, you know, uh, it just kind of like plays out and, you know, you're asking, you're answering these trivia questions, right? And then, you know, he ends up, you know, like stealing whatever. But the cool part about this is that there's a lot of replayability because they've like specifically animated so many different scenarios to happen. And it's not like you can choose which scenario plays out, which is a little bit annoying. So you might get some overlap if you, you know, replay it like three or four times. But right. there's enough variety to kind of keep your interest. And it's kind of neat that they put in this much effort into like this really awesome, like older style, like 2D animation. Um, and it's a it's a unique little ex- experiment, I would say, that Netflix is doing. I mean, Netflix is just naturally going into the video game market. You know, if you have Netflix on your phone, you literally have phone games available to you, funnily enough, um, just included in the subscription. Not nothing, not a huge selection, um, but, but there is still something. And I don't know, like this is kind of adding to that. Um, and again, you can just play it with your TV remote and stuff like that. It's safe for children. Um, which is, I guess, cool. So you could play it with like your kid or something, like your four-year-old son, Simon. Yes. Um, and kind of go from there. And and it's something I would suggest, like just giving a try. It's it's not the most amazing thing I've ever seen, um, or obviously played, but it it I think is just a unique sort of foray that Netflix is doing into like this this interactive experience. I, I didn't play the other interactive stuff that they release, like Bandersnatch. I never got around to, um, or like the man versus wild, like sort of interactive options, stuff like that. Um, but I thought this was a really neat one. And again, the animation style is brilliant. It's really, it, it is very reminiscent of that older style, like 2d Tom and Jerry animation. Um, mm, I see. Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked it. Cool. Um, uh, but yeah, the final thing I watched Simon is that new Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer, which I imagine you watched as well. Yes, I did. And uh, this looks hype. This looks awesome. Um, The music in this is phenomenal. John Williams, man. God, they knew exactly what they were doing in this trailer, man. And yeah, like I was listening to it. I was like, God damn. Like they're having so many amazing. When Duel of Fates came on as well, I was like, oh, Oh, like that is arguably like one of the most Star Wars, like it might be my favorite like song and, you know, score piece in all of Star Wars. And again, it's it's what I remember arguably most of um, that, like final fight in Phantom Menace between, you know, like Obi-Wan, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and, and Darth Maul. And it's just like, yeah. God damn, this trailer really just 
pulled on that like my heartstrings. And I love uh, I love Ewan McGregor as an actor. And I think the best part about the Star Wars prequel trilogy is is definitely him and you know Obi Wan as a character portrayed by him. And it's just it's so awesome that we're getting this show. Like we are getting an Obi Wan show with Ewan McGregor set. You know in between that 30 year span where we don't see him from after revenge of the Sith to uh, a new hope. And again, there's, I think they're definitely leaning into, you know, like the clone wars and, um, and uh, rebels and stuff with some characters. Cause there, there are some characters in there where I was like, I don't really recognize this or these people. And then I kind of looked into it and, you know, they have shown up um, in, in those animated shows and stuff. Um, but yeah, again, this, this looks, this looks sick, dude. What did you think? It looks good. It looks good. I'm just not, I don't want to get too hyped up because I just feel like when you get into this, get into the weeds of a non John Favreau or Dave Filoni kind of property, I'm mm-hmm. a little worried about it because we just haven't had a good track record so far. And the screenwriter for this has a really poor track record as I, um, as I sent you by text message, not through you, but through, of course, our uh, audiovisual uh, video technician, Jimmy, mm-hmm. who sent it to you afterwards. Um, but it was like a vi- uh, basically the Rotten Tomatoes score for Joby Harold, who screenwrites this. And I'm just worried for that. I just, um, he just doesn't have a great track record. Like if you look through his movies that he's made or even the TV series, they just not very, actually, no, he's not, he's not written any TV series. Mm. I don't think. Anyway, that worries me. But Deborah Chow did a great job with the direction of the episodes she did for The Mandalorian, and she's the director for this. So Deborah Chow gives me hope. Mm-hmm. You know, gives me a new hope. Nice. But I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm worried about. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried. I would say that I'm going in with even expectations, as I try to do anyway. But I just want to just want to temper how great the trailer is, because genuinely the trailer looks great. Like oh, so going good. the kind of the inquisitors and, and all that stuff um, is really neat. That's what they're called, right? Am I getting that yeah, right? No, I think you're right. Inquisitors. Yeah. Who are Jedi hunters? They're just going to rack shit up and kill Jedi. And so my thing that I'm really excited for, obviously you and McGregor, which is just is awesome. The music. Yeah, sure. And the inquisitors is cool, but this reminds me very much of something that we know again. I'm sorry to bring up video games again for Ken, Kenneth Saddlebar who constantly writes into us and, doesn't like us talking about video games because this is a film and tv podcast adrian but not ign yeah this is a, this isn't uh entertainment website ign but specifically um the idea of uh jedi fallen order mm-hmm. and that's kind of what that game is about largely and it kind of surprised me there and i'll also say that jedi fallen order that's the there's a bb droid what was it called bb B, uh do you remember not BB, BD, BD, not BB. BB yeah, BD1. Is, uh, BD1. BD1. BD1 is a droid in uh, in that game. And for the first time ever, we see that droid in Book of Boba Fett. And I was like, I was shocked when I saw that because I think that droid is really cool. It's really small and really kind of cute. And I thought actually, funny enough, there was a character with that droid. And I'm like, oh, this character is going to now have this droid as a companion. I was like, oh, that's really cool because we're going to see this character in you know future iterations maybe they'll have this bd1 droid whatever bd2 i don't know what what kind of bd it is but is it going to have it with this companion uh, as a companion now as his friend or you know but regardless of that that was very exciting because that was the first time we saw that in live action that that specific droid which was initially for the originally placed in the before anything else it was actually in the game 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is the first. So that really excited me. First time we're ever going to see it in live action. It's live action, but but even on shows, I'm pretty sure it's the first time we've seen it in any TV series, whether it be Clone Wars or. Yeah, um, you might be right. I'm pretty sure it is. I, I looked at the Wikipedia, Wikipedia, the hit website, Wikipedia. Yeah. Wikipedia, Wikipedia, and I think that's what it said. But regardless, that was really cool to see that for the first time in live action. And so my question is, because of the the links to the idea of how Fallen Order is basically about these Jedi being hunted after um, Revenge of the Sith, and and that's exactly what the game is about. I, did I just say that twice? I'm not sure. The game and the, the show are basically lining up in that regard. My yeah. co- question is, is the Jedi, who's a ma- major piece in that game, Cal Kestis, who is an actor who has been in other things, like as a as an example, as the Joker in the Gotham series, mm-hmm. uh, Cameron Monaghan, is he going to be in this show? Is my first question, and I got one more question as a follow-up. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible? Oh, I, I think it's definitely possible. I think it would be smart to do that. Get this like sort of cross-pollination. But at the same time, maybe they won't because then you're kind of – locked in because i i don't know exactly when this is taking place but jedi fallen order takes place directly after revenge of the sith like it, it like i don't know within like a year or whatever after that you know the, the 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 empire takes over i guess um so if this but this might be too in some way is it like directly after or is it like you know 10 i can't be only because the trailer shows luke is a child yeah you know probably a five-year-old child so yeah it's probably like five or six years later but he's a young boy, so he's pretty young. But, that, but that's the idea, right? Cal Kestis is right after, but we mm-hmm. don't know where Cal Kestis has been in the time being. But we know that there's a sequel brewing for that. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be some other story that we didn't see. We don't want to see what we already saw in the game, right? That's not what yeah, I want to see anyway. I want to see something in between. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's possible. I think that would be cool. I want that sort of like cross-pollination. Yeah. I just I thought the biggest hint was the BD droid. Mm-hmm. That's what... I was like, I was so shocked to see that because I really like that that droid design. Me too. And it's, droid designs is one of my favorite things about Star Wars. Actually, it's funny. I, I just like tech in general, so I always I like the the kind of the retro. They're like not the, the the tech seems to be really really ahead of its time in every way, but some of the droids are just seem so like primitive in some ways, like being bipedal or like R two D two is not that complex. I mean, he's on mm. wheels. That's interesting. Um. But, but yeah, the other question I have for you real quick here is the other character that I have this weird feeling is going to be in this because of the fact that they're hunting Jedi after Revenge of the Sith is Mace Windu. And I just, uh. we've never seen him. And they keep talking, like they've, there's been hints that he's alive. Like George Lucas left a hint that he's alive. He was interviewed at one point and kind of said he's not dead. And I, I just don't think, what, what better show is there than this one? to reintroduce him considering this is right after revenge of the sith and we've never seen something in this kind of timeline mm-hmm. oh there's your clock there it is oh did you did you mute yeah i muted but now i'm unmuting so now you're gonna hear it go off but yeah i muted specifically yeah it's fine it's not that loud it's fine okay but yeah i think that would be awesome i would love to see mace windu come back after he fell out the window sorry mace window yeah mace window come back after he fell out the window yeah yeah yeah, he's just like one of my favorite Jedi. He's so cool. Purple mm-hmm. lightsaber. Samuel Jackson's amazing. Also, he beat he beat Darth Sidious. Like, yeah, he would have won if it wasn't for Bananakin. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I yeah again, incredibly excited for this, mm-hmm. but also tentatively cautious. 
because I, I just know. can't get too excited because I, I just rise yeah. of skywalker as you mentioned constantly is not good and you, you that's what you're worried about you you're saying you don't you're not excited about various things various mm-hmm. star wars properties because of rise of skywalker if you're not going to be if you're worried about anything or you're not too excited about anything it would be this because we mm-hmm. we're now apart from what we know is great which is the creators of the mandalorian who are not a part of this really deborah chow is but deborah chow just directed a few episodes very well mm-hmm. but joby harold is the writer and again i invite you to look at his history he could do something good i, I don't think he like nobody's nobody's tied into not doing you know, doing bad work necessarily forever, but I just find that that's a little worrying. I just, mm-hmm. I'm a little worried just because this has been a rocky history for this Star Wars Disney universe. Yeah. I mean, like Johannes Roberts, like made that shit shark movie or whatever, but then he did make the goddamn masterpiece that is Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon Town. Oh, God. That's such a weird so. thing to say. So, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to really. Okay. Think about it for a second, and don't even answer me because I know it's silly, a silly answer you're going to give me. And regardless, it might be just because you're on mic here. But if Johannes Roberts was directing this, like, just take 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 a mental picture of what Resident Evil Battle for Raccoon Village was mm-hmm. like. That movie, and I to think about just transpose that now on Star Wars mm-hmm. budget and all, because honestly, what 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 gifts Resident Evil? They should have a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> What's the issue? That was a very, he did what he could with that low budget. Yeah. Yeah. Could. I'm sure. Yeah. He couldn't do a little, little click over to another font. Click, click. Just all you have to do is scroll. <laughs> Lots of fonts out there. <laughs> uh, I love that. <laughs> Terrible titling. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're going to say that's great, but that's not good. If Johannes Roberts was directing this, I would not maybe watch it. I'd watch it. I'd definitely watch it. Well, I know but you'd I'd- watch it. You just, Wait, wait, what do you want to say? Sorry, go on. But uh, yeah, it pro- in all seriousness, it, yeah, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't want that to be the case. Oh, thank you, Annis Roberts. Uh, you know, he made a really great Resident Evil movie, which I, I genuinely love. Like, I think it's fun. It's it's a good movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. But yeah, like I'm not I'm not gonna be like he's the greatest goddamn director, and he'll know exactly what to do with Star Wars. So I'll, I'll be honest right. with you in this moment. We, I think the reason why I was so excited for the Batman movie mm-hmm. is because we know exactly who's a part of it. And we know that this like crazy cast of character, like a uh, 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 characters, a crazy cast of characters, sure. But care of, of actors mm-hmm. was a part of it. Some really great big name direct, uh, like uh, sorry, big name actors. And then we got Matt Reeves. Who's you love the planet of the apes movies, but he's just got a great track record. If you look at his track record, it's awesome. He wrote the script as well. You also mm-hmm. got Michael Giacchino doing the music as well. And you got Greg Fraser doing the cinematography. There was literally not a piece. There's not a hair out of place. Similar to how I'm very excited for the last of a series because it's made by HBO being written and directed somewhat by Neil Druckmann and show run by Craig Mazin, who made Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. What is out of place here? The actor, actors involved are absolutely incredible with Pedro Pascal and um, uh, Bella Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And you've got Nick Offerman suddenly in there, which Nick Offerman is just suddenly in a lot of things, I feel like, and he's awesome. But there's like a lot of good actors in this that it's just, again, you can't, and I'm so surprised. Like when, I don't know, when you, when you hire, like, especially Disney would hire somebody maybe that is kind of got not a great track record. I kind of question it. I'm like, are you sure though? But then again, Moon Knight is the same situation. Mm-hmm. So 
the showrunner for that show does not instill me with confidence, but he made one good series, but the, his movies that he's written were not a great, didn't have a great track record. So maybe that's like, it's a bit of a mixed bag. So I'm curious. Again, nothing's a sure thing until we see it, but I'm very excited for this because of the trailer, but I'm tentatively scared. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying, man. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Okay. Alrighty. Did you watch anything else or should we move on to the news? I did not watch anything else, but we shouldn't move on. But we are moving on. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as followed by publication The Hollywood Reporter, cable network AMC is looking to expand their The Walking Dead universe with yet another spinoff called Isle of the Dead, which will take place in the city of New York and will be showrun by longtime The Walking Dead writer Eli Jorn. The new six-episode series will feature The Walking Dead characters Negan and Maggie with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Lauren Cohen reprising their very popular roles from the baseline The Walking Dead series. So far, AMC has previously planned for four The Walking Dead TV spinoff series, apart from its mainline The Walking Dead show, with Isle of the Dead being the fifth. Fear of the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead World Beyond, Tales of the Walking Dead, the upcoming Daryl and Carol-centered show, the entitled Rick Grimes feature films, and the new Isle of the Dead series will comprise AMC's The Walking Dead lineup, when the mainline The Walking Dead show ends after its 11th season. To speak to his excitement for the new series, actor Jeffrey Dean Morgan stated, quote, I'm delighted that Negan and Maggie's journey continues. It's, it's been such a ride walking in Negan's shoes. I'm beyond excited to continue his journey in New York City with Lauren. Walkers in an urban setting has always been such a cool image, but Fifth Avenue, Empire State Building, Statue of Liberty, the greatest city in the world, the backdrop is amazing, but it's the story that Eli Jorn cooked up that is even better. Buckle up, folks. Isle of the Dead is going to reinvent the, the Walking Dead universe. Huge thank you to Dan McDermott, Scott Gimple, and AMC for having us back for more. We simply can't wait, unquote. Adrian, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of spinoffs. And uh, I, I actually- Too many, arguably. Is, I don't know if there's too many. I guess it's working for them. They're, they must be seeing the numbers. So yeah. they, they must think this is a good idea. But uh, what do you make of this new series that, t- that takes place in New York? Well, I'll start with a couple of positives. I think the setting of New York is brilliant. I think that's a really... Yeah, me too. I, I think that's just genius. And that's awesome. Yeah. And obviously, Jeffrey Dean Dorgan is, is excited about that as well. And again, I think... I think the idea of Negan and Maggie kind of going off and, and doing a thing together after, you know, their history from the mainline show and kind of where the show has progressed with those two characters in, in you know, Walking Dead, it's awesome. The downside about this whole thing is why announce this already? Because it takes away so much of the tension of this last season. Them announcing that Daryl and Carol spinoff, I think we briefly talked about that as well when that was announced, how... Now we just know Daryl and Carol aren't going to die. So any sort of scene where it's like, oh, they might die. It's just like, yeah, whatever. They're not going to because they literally have their own spinoff show. And now this is the exact same thing with these two characters, with um, Maggie and, and Negan, is they obviously survive the the events of The Walking Dead. So if any sort of big climax is occurring where, you know, again, they're on the someone has a knife to their throat or whatever. It's just like, ah, they're, they're fine. Who cares? And it, again, it just removes all that 
tension, which is so stupid because I feel like what The Walking Dead does brilliantly and did brilliantly for so many years is is that level of tension, that feeling that, oh shit, nobody's safe. Anyone can die at any moment. You know, a character getting their throat slit in front of a prison, you know, or sorry, their their head cut off in front of a prison with a goddamn katana, you know, katana. Like, it's just like, it's, it's shit like that that made The Walking Dead so great, this, this shock. And along with like fantastic storytelling for a lot of those seasons too. And I think this is just a huge misstep. Like, how soon is this show airing? The Walking Dead is on its 11th season right now. It's going to be over in a few months. Just wait the few months. Like, what is the purpose of announcing this and letting everyone know about this? And that's where kind of my frustration comes in with this announcement. I think it's a great idea. I'm, I'm sold on the idea. Again, New York being the setting is fucking awesome. But this is just, I think, a silly move on AMC's part. And yeah, I don't, I don't see the point to it. What do you think? It's like business before plot, mm-hmm. like business before art kind of situation. Like we know that this is going to sell, sell viewership. So mm-hmm. we need to tell people ahead of time. Like it's, I don't know, like executives in a boardroom, the side of this, not the, the creators. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. So that, that, that's what it seems like for sure. And it's pretty ridiculous. It's funny. I was telling, uh, I was talking to a friend uh, where I work about the fact that, um, yeah, the, 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 I don't know if you know this, but I mean, The Walking Dead's ending. He's a fan of The Walking Dead. He watches the mainline show, and I think he watches Fear of the Walking Dead as well. And I'm like, oh, it's ending after the 11th season. Like the main show is ending, which is crazy. But uh, I mean, they still got so many spinoffs in the works. In fact, they've got like this Carol and Daryl show that they're cooking. And he's like, oh, what? That spoils it. Instantly, it's funny. So it's not, I know you said that, but this guy's not really, he doesn't watch a lot of TV shows or movies, but he instantly realized that's a spoiler. Mm. He's a, he's in the middle of season 10, actually. Oh, nice. So, um, so it's pretty season. weird. Yeah, it's a great season, but it, it's pretty weird. I agree with you. It's just, what are you doing? I don't know if you even get it. Thank mm. goodness he doesn't listen to our podcast because we'd be spoiling the other bit. Yeah, both this other. We're not spoiling anything though. They 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 literally it's a public announcement. They made it very public that this is a show with the names Maggie and Negan on the poster. Yeah, like it's not even it's not unclear at all. It's kind of ridiculous that they they're doing this. It doesn't make any sense. I completely agree with you. I just found it funny that he said that so instantly. I was like, oh yeah, I guess so. And then my answer to him because I didn't want it to be spoiled for him. I was like, well, you know, they could be doing. Uh, it could be an in between. There's a lot of time jumps. You know what I mean? Like they could still die. I tried yeah. to save him, but it's like, I don't know. I guess they don't really care about it. So should we? I don't know. It's just a very strange thing, but you're right. It's a question of anyone can die at any moment. So mm-hmm. will that happen? We don't know. Yeah. But these characters, I guess it could be. I guess there could be a time jump in season 11. Maybe they're in New York during that time jump, but New York's kind of far. From it's very far. From Georgia. Or sorry, where, I don't remember where they left off and I don't want you to tell me because they, they were in Georgia at one point, but I don't. They move I, around I, a lot. I'm not caught up. And yeah. that would be a spoiler for real. Mm-hmm. So it's France. Yeah, it's France. That's yeah. uh, isn't that what you said as well? Yeah, that, that's a, that's another one of my disappointments in this. Is like I, cool that you're doing all these spinoffs and stuff, but we're only seeing the states. And I understand that there's many states in America. There's 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 over fifty of them, Simon. I don't know if you know. Yeah, this. crazy. Yeah, but, yeah, I know. But 
Although, like, I don't think you necessarily have to have a show in every single state or like traveling through these states. I think there's just the world's big, man. Why don't we have like one of these seasons take place in Canada, like during the cold winters or something like that, you know, up up north, even further than just like where we live in Ontario or or like what's going on in the UK or Australia or, you know, Asia and, and stuff like that. Like, why why aren't we? Yeah touching on these other areas of the world, which I think would be so cool and unique. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like, you know, other, like, I think so many zombie movies and stuff take place in, in America. But I think there's a few that, you know, kind of set themselves apart that that's super interesting. I think, you know, Train to Basan, you know, that taking place in Korea, it's a very, it's a different setting. It's a different feel. It's a different. It is also a South Korean film, to be honest though. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, that's fair as well. But, you know, it's, or even uh, 28 Days Later, which takes place in the UK, as an example. Again, um, like I feel like- Danny Boyle is mm-hmm. UK, from the UK as well. Yeah. I'm aware, but they're, I'm just saying- They're kind of making like, what they know a little bit, it yeah, seems like. But yeah. you're right. At this point, though, with a franchise like The Walking Dead, you're right, though. I agree with you. Like, why, why are you making this many spinoffs? And where the hell is the Rick Grimes show? That's what oh, I yeah. want to know. The, the movies, yeah. Sorry, the movies. Because where are they- I think they announced, like, didn't they announce that there was going to be three of them? Like, they were going to make three yeah. Rick Grimes related movies. Like, and yeah, that was back like in like that. 2018, I want to say. They so. kept, well, I think they announced one at first and then they just kept saying they're just like, they're still working on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then they, they eventually said they're making three and then they just keep saying they're working on them, but there's just nothing about that. And I haven't seen Andrew Lincoln, the actor, in much. Yeah, I don't. although I thought he was going to be in everything, mm-hmm. it's actually kind of like um, Matthew Fox from Lost. Mm-hmm. I thought that guy would be in everything, and the only one who I keep seeing everywhere is Evangeline Lilly. Really, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, Daniel Kim, I've seen a few times too. Yeah, he's. In I guess there's there are a few actors that I've seen in yep. various things, but I feel like Matthew Fox and Terry O'Quinn. I thought I was going to see in everything. Mm-hmm. I just I haven't seen them barely. Interesting. So. Yeah. Anyway, Matthew Fox was in World War Z. Oh wow! Connections to zombies. Well mm-hmm. done, Adrian. Thanks. Number two, story number two. As publication Variety reports, the Batman director Matt Reeves' previously planned Gotham Police Department-centered TV series has been put on hold at HBO Max, while the Colin Farrell starring Penguin limited series has officially been greenlit by the streamer. Reeves has just started to build out his new non-DC extended universe connected. Batman live action universe with the recent release of the Batman film at the beginning of March. The first HBO Max TV series designed to tie in to what Adrian and I have dubbed the Bat Reeves universe was meant to be a series following a corrupt Gotham PD cop during the Batman's first year on the scene in the city of Gotham. The series was initially going to be show run by Boardwalk Empire showrunner Terrence Winter until he dropped out in November of 2021. Gary Hadji showrunner Joe Barton was presumably hired on in Winter's place, but little did we know, Barton was actually hired on to showrun an HBO Max TV show centered around Arkham Asylum's inmates instead. According to Reeves, who was recently interviewed on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, HBO Max didn't love that the original Gotham PD series was centered around a corrupt cop, and as a result, the Gotham PD show was shelved. The new Arkham show is designed to be almost a horror series of sorts with Reeves describing it as, quote, we've actually now moved more into the realm of exactly what would happen in the world of Arkham as it relates coming off of our movie and some of the characters and their origins, almost leaning into the idea of 
it's like a horror movie or a haunted house that is Arkham. The idea, again, the way that Gotham is a character in the movie, I really want Arkham to exist as a character. You go into this environment and encounter these characters in a way that feels really fresh. And so in our work on Gotham, that story started to evolve. And it started feeling like, wait, we should really lean into this. And then that's kind of where that's gone, unquote. Adrian, what do you make of this? What do you make of this shuffle, this little little change? Well, the first thing I'm... The first thing I make of this is like, thank God this scoop didn't come from Jake's Takes podcast. Because if it <laughs> yeah. was three weeks in a row that Jake's Takes is getting all those scoops, I would have snapped. Right. But again, why not us? Why not us? Huh? I'm I'm both happy, sad, and, or I'm I'm happy, sad, and confused that it wasn't on our podcast. You're happy about it? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not happy. I'm the opposite of happy. I'm unhappy, Simon. You're unhappy, sad, and confused. Exactly. Um, but I'll be honest, I kind of like this idea. I I arguably like this idea more than this Gotham PD show, like following yeah. a corrupt cop. I think I like the corrupt cop. When Matt Reeves describes the corrupt cop situation, I really like it. I think it's really cool. I like that as an idea too, yeah. It's about redemption. Like mm-hmm. it's a redemption story, but he's like a really corrupt cop and it doesn't really follow. That's a that would be very neat. And that's why Terrence Winter was attached. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. But but I really like this idea of just kind of, again, leaning into Arkham, like Arkham Asylum. And we're following a bunch of characters within Arkham Asylum. I think this is a great opportunity to add more of those rogues gallery villains into this Bat Reeves-averse without, you know, having to bog down a movie and have, you know, like, eight villains in a single movie. But, you know, maybe we can touch on, like, different characters. Maybe we can see... Um, you know, like Harleen, uh, like Harley Quinn, uh, being one of the, um, you know, therapists there or, or psychiatrists there or whatever prior to her turning, you know, you can, I think you can do a lot with this. And I think the idea of it being a horror movie or like a haunted house sort of thing about Arkham is, is such a brilliant idea. And I would love to see that come into fruition. I'm kind of curious on how you would do that. And like how, like who you would follow as like a main character, and and kind of what the what the story elements would be there, and you know whether it would be, you know, Batman actually in Arkham and and doing stuff like that, or or bringing villains in. I I, I feel like there's a lot of interesting interesting stuff you could do with this, and I don't necessarily know what, like what the what the main idea is for this, but. Again, I just really like the idea of Arkham as a setting and just kind of doubling down. Again, Gotham, you, you even mentioned this. Gotham was a character in um, in the Batman. And if you can make Arkham the character of the show as well, why the hell not? Yeah, do this. I'm, I'm super curious about this. What do you think? Yeah, it's really cool. That's neat. I'm getting some like one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of vibes. It would be mm-hmm. kind of neat though if they don't like, they don't leave Arkham. They just kind of, hang it hang the camera there like you, they never really move it outside although one flew over the cuckoo's nest does do it a little bit but i feel like it would be neat if they just kind of hang around and just show the very eerie nature of what it is and like we talked about on our podcast how uh we're a big fan of the telltale series of batman games like the video mm-hmm. games and uh they hang around Ar- arkham for quite a bit for like a full episode or two because that's an episodic series <laughs> to go back to what we were talking about before Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some of those episodes were really interesting. It was neat to be inside Arkham with Bruce Wayne and mm-hmm. kind of feel that kind of the tension of the various villains that ne- are not necessarily villains yet, 
Like that's the cool thing is that we're starting in a, a very early Batman stage. Like this starts with Batman year two. So we're probably running from Batman year two and we can be developing some of these villains. It would be neat to see again, th- them flesh out these villains and then tie it in appropriately into the sequel. That would be very neat. Mm-hmm. And uh, Harley Quinn's a neat idea, but maybe you, you like a, you're kind of excited to see maybe a Mr. Freeze type situation come somehow down the, the woodwork. Maybe he's already there. I don't know if that works exactly because you might want to introduce him in a different way, but there mm-hmm. are many villains in this rogues gallery that can, they can tap into. And one of the great things that Matt Reeves started with for the Batman and for this Batman trilogy and this whole universe he's building is the rogues gallery. He's building out the rogues gallery in a way that uh, Christopher Nolan didn't necessarily do as well. Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan's kind of movies, I feel like, were a bit more grounded. And these are going a little bit more into the, not the necessarily the extremes. There's some grounded nature of it, but I feel like it's going into the, the bit more of the giant repertoire of villains that mm-hmm. Batman has, uh, the Batman lore has at its disposal. Yeah. So, so yeah. That, that's really exciting. And this is doubling down on that if this happens. My, my question is, is this going to happen? Because the Penguin series was greenlit now. Mm-hmm. by hbo max but this show is nowhere to be heard from except for matt reeves talking about it on this podcast so i'm kind of curious about that yeah whether or not we actually get it i hope we do but the golden feral thing is happening mm-hmm. so which is awesome which is great yeah which is really awesome yeah, man. Uh, again it, it, i'm definitely sold on the penguin series and if they do end up doing penguin, this arkham yes. series hmm? the penguin yeah yeah the penguin series ping so, ping ping penguin yeah penguin that's what i said um, yeah, no, I know. I heard you. And uh, yeah, again, I, I'll be sold on this as well. And and you know, last week uh, was it last week when we talked about the Batman? I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, before. yeah, yeah. Batman came out last week. Oh damn! What? Feels like a lifetime ago. Um, yeah, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I'm not at- not too long though, because you didn't have time to watch Turning Red. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> um, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mentioned like I would love to see like a Mr. Freeze be, uh, you know, like in that universe and because uh, it's a very interesting story. But another I feel like I was thinking a bit about it, too, like another character I feel like would work really well in this sort of universe um, again. And you can double down on the whole world's greatest detective thing once again and him, you know, like going into crime scenes and stuff like that is like Victor Zaz, who, uh, you know, he's in the Gotham series as well, but is just like a serial killer kills so many people. And I feel like you could. Well, he's in Bat the like the Nolan Batman movies as well. Oh yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, totally forgot about him. He's an easy one for yeah. sure. But yeah, you could do something with him, um, which I think would be pretty neat. You know, just Batman like going to these like crazy murder scenes again, and just like just keep on doing these like detective sort of noir thriller movies. It'd be really neat. But yeah, I think I, it'd be I, easier also to put him into um, the Arkham show. Yeah, that. He's kind of like a he's a classic serial killer. Mm-hmm. Classic serial killer. Just marks up his body with murders. He doesn't have any, you know. He's not as special as like Man Bat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what? I don't know. I was I was gonna make a Man Bat noise, and then I started going like Meh, and then I was like, I actually don't know how Man Bat sounds like. I feel so like he would just be myself. a screech if you're gonna make fun of him. You'd be like, <laughs> like that. I don't know. Would bat? What 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 sounds do bats make? Oh, yeah. I'm a bat. I think so. I'm going to give you COVID. Oh. COVID-19. COVID. That's too real. That's too real. I don't think that's funny. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the next story. Number three, 
As Publication Deadline reports, Warner Brothers has shifted six of its blockbuster films due to a visual effects studio backlog. The backlog was created back in 2020 due to the rush to kickstart production after COVID-related production shutdowns when the pandemic began. As a result, animated film DC League of Super Pets has been moved back from May 20th to July 29th. The Jason Momoa starring Aquaman film sequel was moved from December 16th, 2022 to a new March 17th. 2023 release date. The Michael Keaton starring The Flash movie has been shifted back from November 4th, 2022 to June 23rd, 2023. And the Timothy Chalamet starring film Wonka has been shuffled from a March 17th, 2023 release date to a December 15th, 2023 date instead. In contrast, the Zachary Levi starring Shazam! Fury of the Gods movie has been moved up from a June 2nd, 2023 debut date to a December 16th, 2022 premiere, because apparently the Shazam sequel is all but ready for release ahead of schedule. Lastly, the Megalodon shark movie sequel, The Meg 2, The Trench, has now been scheduled for release on August 4th, 2023. Mm. Adrian, lots of shuffling. Lots of shuffling here. What do you make of this? Um... I make that this is a little disappointing. I was honestly, I'm just so curious about that fucking flash movie and like how it's going to possibly, you know, like do like a soft reset on this universe and, you know, having Michael Keaton there and Ben Affleck there. I'm just, I'm so curious about that. And I really like Andy Muschietti uh, as well. I love those it movies. So that is like kind of my biggest takeaway from this. Honestly, Aquaman being moved back. I don't, I don't really care about that. Um, I just, I didn't really like that first Aquaman movie. And again, like, I just, I just don't really care all that much, but whatever. Um, yeah, but yeah. And, uh, it, it's it, all in all, I'm just kind of disappointed about this. It's cool that like Shazam is being moved forward though, by that much. Uh, it's essentially just swapping places with the flash movie, just kind of interesting. And it's also releasing the same day as avatar two, which is an, an interesting play by Warner brothers. Cause I feel like yeah, weird. Yeah, I like. I don't really give a fuck about Avatar two. I'll probably watch it, or maybe they're realizing what we've been saying all along about Avatar that it's just, like no one cares about it anymore. No one cares. Yeah, it's possible. It's over. It had its moment. Yeah, but I don't think so. I think that it will still do well. I think. Yeah, we'll I think. Yeah, it's a weird one. I I imagine Avatar two is going to do well. And like, I'm probably still going to watch it as much as I don't like that first Avatar movie, just cause I'm so freaking curious. Like what? Like it's been like over a decade. Like it's like, what the fuck? You know, I'm just, I'm just curious what they're going to do and how they're going to make Avatar two interesting in any way. Cause again, that first movie kind of sucks. It's also the fact that they're launching another three movies after this. Oh yeah. Banking on the concept of the fact that this movie is going to do well when they have no idea because it's been 10 years. That's what's so crazy. Yeah. That they they, were, they even filmed like I think them back to back in some way. I, I just don't understand that. But I guess there's gotta be they must have taken polls. They must have they must understand that people still are very keen on Avatar. Yeah. But it's just been so long that time has changed. Like stuff has changed like, yeah. by a large margin. Uh, you know, it is like one of the top grossing movies of all time. So like I think they're just kind of doubling down on that. But I don't know. When you like think about like inflation and stuff, it's not the exact same thing. But if there's like a Gone with the Wind two, you know what I mean? Like I don't think people are gonna be oh. rushing out to theaters and being like, "Oh, I can't, 
God, God, with the win two? Are you serious? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> that's an interesting. That's an interesting like analogy. I, I don't know if it's the same because it's like a, that's a massive. That's like a hundred year gap versus a <laughs> ten year gap. But yeah, it's a, it's a multiple that's <laughs> a zero. But yeah, yeah that's a, that's an interesting one because there is a huge gap in between. Although for the record, and I wonder if this was one of the reasons I did this, they relaunched the a- Avatar in China, like yeah, the first that's a good movie. point. Mm-hmm. To see what it would do, because they wanted to like, I don't know if they wanted to like beat their old total to try and beat Endgame, like Avengers Endgame, because it had mm-hmm. overtaken them. But they did do that, and that was kind of interesting. That was mm-hmm. like, why did you, why doing why are you doing this now? And I think they did that in twenty nineteen, or I believe so. I think it was twenty twenty. No, oh no, it was definitely twenty nineteen because everything changed in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, that's when the uh... Fire Nation attacked. There you go. See, you've said that. So many times throughout my life that I feel like I don't know how you didn't just say it there without me cueing you, but that's why I'm here. Yeah, when we watched the Batman, I was talking to your brother because he actually watched Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh yeah, and I was like, I was like, did you watch it based on my recommendation from many episodes ago? And he's like, kind of, partially. He's just like, yeah, he, he, you know, I was like, that's nice, that's nice. It's a great yeah. show, and he agrees. You should watch it, Simon. You should watch it. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Your brother's a smart man. No, that I don't disagree with, but. Um, Good taste. But uh, real quick, The Meg, it's an all right movie. So I'm kind of excited for The Meg too. I'm going to watch it. Why the hell not? The Trench. Weren't they going to make that Aquaman spinoff literally called The Trench? Uh, They were, and that was going to be, wasn't that involving? The weird fish people in Aquaman. But that was, it was a horror, it was a horror movie, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. I think that was the initial plan, yeah. And then they they scrapped it because it was too different, Mm -hmm. which I always find so weird. Stupid. You should just just go. Let the creators create. So it's interesting. I wonder, I guess the Meg 2 is just like, ah, I guess we can take the trench now because <laughs> they're not doing it. Or the Meg 2 takes place in Aquaman universe. Yeah, it's actually connected all along, like, yeah. uh, you know, with the Cloverfield type situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like uh, how the fact that uh, definitely the movie Life with Ryan Reynolds is oh. definitely connected to Venom. Yeah, it's a prequel. But uh, not, it's not. at all. But if it was, if it was, Venom would have been five times better. I know. God, what a missed opportunity. That's so frustrating. So dumb. Yeah. So frustrating. It's a bad, bad move by yeah. Sony. Anyway, Whatever. it is what it is. I really like that Life movie. It's great. Me too. Yeah. I don't know. I remember going there to the theater with you. We we non jokingly jokingly thought that there was going to be a tie in though. Yeah, we, I, I, I legitimately like not completely. We, we, we just we weren't like just joking, suggesting it. We, mm-hmm. we just thought based on our knowledge of Venom, like how could it not be? Because Venom was coming out the next year and six mm-hmm. months or something like that. So again, uh, it would have been so good. I know what a missed opportunity. It would have been a different take. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Stupid. Hey, Kyles. Hey, Kyles. Adrian. I do. I agree with you though about the Flash. The Flash movie, I am very excited for too. Like the Andy Muschietti directed Flash movie, and that is the the most disappointing part of this. Mm-hmm. Although they have no choice, it's not like they move them back for some stupid reason and they're going to put them on HBO Max in the end or something like that. Yeah, um, they literally they have a backlog like for visual effects, and that's what's going on. But the Flash movie, like how how long can we postpone this? Like this has been hyped for far too long. Like I I feel like they kind of failed us by just keeping. Like they keep announcing at like the DC fandom, et cetera. You know what I mean? Like to stop talking about it at a certain point, like you're hyping this far too long. Mm-hmm. It becomes a, 
Now, what's a good example of a movie that was hyped for too long? Avatar 2. An Avatar situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we tied it right back in. Yeah, baby. We're just so great at this. We're just great. We're just great po- podcasters. We need to be hired by some big organization. McDonald's? Mm-hmm. McDonald's, we're ready to be sponsored. Yeah. We're ready. We love the Big Mac. We love it. I, anyway. I do love a nice Big Mac. Step aside, Jake's takes. This is our turf now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, get on here, uh, Matt Reeves. We want to talk to you about uh, about smoking. Actually, no, that would have been Colin Farrell. Get on here, Colin Farrell. We want to talk about uh, talk about smoking on film. Mm-hmm. Come on, buddy. And why it's cool. Yeah, yeah it, um, no, not why it's cool. It's not cool. It's not cool. Agree to disagree. No, don't do that. I can hear you. I don't know if you know that, but I can hear everything you say. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, because that would allow me to answer you and keep yeah. dialogue. That's one of the advantages. We're not just doing monologues and piecing it together. Um, that would make Jimmy's job very hard. But that would our audio video technician. Yeah. Yeah. He does the edits. Hmm. He's very good, by the way. Very good. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Adrian, now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as Publication Variety reports, Black Widow actor Florence Pugh has been cast as Princess Irulan in director Denis Villeneuve's upcoming Dune sequel. Oh my goodness, this cast is great. I like Florence Pugh. Number two, as website Collider reports, the Natasha Lyonne starring and showrun second season of Time Loop science fiction series Russian Doll will be arriving on Netflix on April 20th, 2022. I never watched the first season. I know I know it was well regarded though. Yeah. My brother really likes it from what he's told me. That's good. And you said he has good taste, so maybe you should jump in. Maybe I should. Number three, as reported by Variety, Network AMC has recently greenlit a crime drama TV series called The Driver, which will be showrun by billion screenwriter Theo Travers and feature better call Saul Star, Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, okay, okay. Interesting. I wonder if it's based off the video game franchise called Driver or something. I don't remember exactly. Sorry, Ken. It isn't. Number four, as Variety reports, director Matt Reeves' The Batman officially garnered the biggest box office result of 2022 so far and the second largest domestic opening weekend of the pandemic era, with a North American total of $134 million in ticket sales and a global tally of $258 million. Absolutely amazing work by Bat Reeves and company. Number five. According to Deadline, Amazon is in negotiations with Sony PlayStation to create a God of War TV series adaptation for streaming service Amazon Prime Video. Oh, that's actually quite interesting. I'm curious what they're going to do with this and who they're going to cast. I feel like just bringing Christopher Judge again. Number six. As followed by The Hollywood Reporter, Free Guy and The Adam Project director Sean Levy has just been hired on as the director for the Ryan Reynolds starring Deadpool 3 film. Oh, interesting. Neato. I didn't watch The Adam Project yet. Free Guy was all right. Seems like they're best friends now. Number seven, Saturday Night Live star Pete Davidson is writing and starring in a TV series inspired by his life, tentatively called Bupkiss. Saturday Night Live producer Lauren Michaels is also set to executive produce the new series. Isn't isn't the movie King of Staten Island just about his life as well? Uh, loosely? I think some, somewhat loosely based. I think this is also going to be loosely based about another aspect of his life, apparently. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Number eight. As Deadline reports, 
Judy actor Renee Zellweger has just been cast as the leader of U.S. Air Force unit The Wasps. In NBC Universal's new World War II-based Peacock TV show called Avenger Field, which is based around the all-women U.S. Air Force unit. Neat. I mean, Renee Zellweger is a phenomenal actor, so that's cool. Number nine, as recorded by Variety, Pam and Tommy actor Nick Gofferman has just been cast in Palm Springs screenwriter Andy Sierra's new comedic thriller series, The Resort. It is also set to star Kristen Milotti and William Jackson Harper. Neato. Palm Springs is great. Nick Offerman's great. Why the hell not? Let's do this. Number 10. According to Variety, Drake and Josh star Josh Peck has just been cast in director Christopher Nolan's star-studded World War II Oppenheimer film alongside stars Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, and Matt Damon. I keep on forgetting how nuts that cast is for that movie. It's absolutely unbelievable. I'm very excited for this movie. And more. I mean, I said some of the people. Yeah, there's at least more one mores actors. Mm. And that concludes the montage. At least one more montage. Adrian, I know you're hungry. I'm a hungry, hungry hippo. So let's get to it. Let's get to it. What do you got for me, my friend? Hungry, hungry hippo. What do you got for me? What? Why do you keep saying that? The live action movie, Hungry, Hungry Hippos. That's an after party reference. Yeah, how good how good were those references? How yeah. crazy was the the little little cameos in that show as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's quite a few. What a good show! I name dropped somebody. I don't know if you remember this, but when I started talking about After Party uh, in the very beginning, it was like one of the first episodes. I I I watched it and then I name dropped it during the podcast. Like a certain actor. I wonder if you picked up on who. If you remember or not. I don't remember. There was, there was one, somebody I said, and you're like, and you kind of, I heard you question it. I think it might've been during the montage or something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what, he's in it. And then I just kept going and then you just never, never acknowledged it. Yeah. Did you say Will Fort? I didn't. Okay. There's someone else. Someone even more uh, famous. Although I love Will Forte. Yeah. He's Do you great. call him Will Fort? Because I'm pretty sure his name is Will Forte. Will Fort. With an E. <laughs> Fort. <laughs> Fort. Fort. You got to accentuate the E. Fort. Fort. Yeah. Well, Forte is really good. He's amazing. I I like him a lot. He's really cool. I love him. I watched this like, yeah, I watched this like Seth Meyers interview with him that was like a off the cuff, like kind of interview. It wasn't during like, because Seth Meyers obviously runs his late night show, but there was like mm-hmm. a, as a skit. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely outrageous. I, I laughed multiple times out loud. I could not believe how ridiculous it was. Um, they just played off of each other so well because I guess they worked together on SNL. Mm. But they just, he asked them like a bunch of stupid questions and they, I think they played a, a drinking game at one point and then they played some other ridiculous. I think I should send you the clip because it's, it's definitely entertaining. I can't remember yeah. the name of it, but it was a, it was based on the Seth Meyers uh, late night show. Yeah, do it up. I'd be, I'd be happy to watch it, but don't actually send it to me. Send it to Jimmy and then he'll send it to me because we don't talk outside this podcast. I know because we're keeping it professional, keeping it. Fresh for the audience. But anyway, Adrian, I did ask you the question of before you started saying Hungry Hungry Hippos a hundred times. I was asking you what you got for me and you never answered. So what do you got? I got new releases for you, Simon. Oh. Mm. So this is the week of March 14th to March 20th. That's a Monday to a Sunday as per usual. And the first movies coming out are coming out on Tuesday, March the 15th. And that the first one of that is a movie called Adam by Eve, a live, a live in animation it's a netflix original anime live action and music event that inter all these things intertwine 
in this special music film by artist Eve. Do you know who Eve is? No. Me neither. Maybe I've heard this person's music, but I don't know. I don't know either. But uh seems like a cool premise, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know. But anyways. You like very recently asked me whether I know, like whether I listen to the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. Because there's the the Foo Fighters made a movie, which I thought I think is honestly really cool. I didn't really comment enough on that. I think that's a really neat idea. Yeah. Studio six hundred and sixty six. I wonder if that's reviewing well. I still want to watch it. Yeah, it's neat. Anyways, I said no, but honestly, yes, I've heard many Foo Fighters songs over the years. I just don't explicitly listen to it. I just want to set the record straight, just just to be clear, because mm. they're pretty cool. Dave Dave Grohl is a pretty cool guy. He's a super cool guy. He's like like that first Foo Fighters album. Do you know that he just did it himself? I didn't know that, no. It was just him on every instrument. That's super cool. If I recall correctly, I feel like that was that is the case. Though. I'm, not too I'm 99% sure. sure that's the case. Yeah. Um, so Studio 666 is 56% on Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience score is 81. So, I don't know. It looks fun. It looks like something I want to watch. Jenna Ortega is also apparently in this. Jenna Ortega is in a lot of these random like horror slasher movies because uh, there's a movie coming out this week that she's also in. She was just in the, the Scream, like the new Scream movie as well. Um, oh, yeah. She's also in You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. Yeah. She's great. That's where I first saw her, I think. I forget where I saw her first. Definitely seen her in other stuff. But anyway, she's really great. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that, that movie's coming out. Adam by Eve, alive in animation. Um, Marilyn's Eyes is up next. is a Netflix original Italian comedy about a creative pair creating a restaurant together. Oh, yeah. Moon Manor is up next. It's confirmed by Movie Insider on the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie about a com and it's a comedy about a guy with Alzheimer's. Oh, um, what? Comedy? And his Alzheimer's is worsening. So he decides that he just wants what? to die. What? And then we follow him on his final day. That's not a comedy. It's, you're, it's literally. You're Josh. I mean, it's marketed as a comedy. You're Josh pecking me here. What is that like? Is that a, a phrase that you're going to use now? What? What? What did I say? I, I, did you ever watch Drake and Josh? <laughs> I have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, years ago. Yeah. It, yeah. When I was a when I was a weed lad. Yeah, me too. I like Drake and Josh quite a bit. Drake and Josh. There's Drake and Josh, um, and then you know eventually you got iCarly and stuff like that too. Good times. Drake kind of went the opposite direction. Drake is not in good shape, but Josh, yeah, Josh is in a in a Christopher Nolan movie, man. So yeah, good for him. Yeah, like different trajectories. What was the thing with Drake recently? I don't know. He got arrested. I wasn't it like a, a child endangerment or something? Child? Yeah, something with something with children. Yeah, I can look this up. Drake. Child endangerment, Drake Child. I feel like if you type in Drake, though, you're gonna get the rapper, like the Canadian rapper, yeah, who's also based out of Toronto, much like the incredible movie Turning Red mm. that Adrian hasn't seen. Yeah. Um. So Jared Drake Bell, he's 34, of West Hollywood, California, pleaded guilty via Zoom to felony attempted child endangerment and a misdemeanor charge of disseminating matter harmful to juveniles. Hmm. Okay. Sentencing is scheduled for July 12th in Cleveland. Doesn't exactly tell us what he did, but yeah. Yeah. Too bad. Too bad. Anyways, uh, next up is Thursday, March 17th. There's a movie called Rescued by Ruby. This is confirmed by Netflix. It's a Netflix original movie starring Grant Gustin, who is the Flash in the Flash TV series. And this is about a state trooper and, and their dog. And this looks 
just like from the poster and stuff. It looks so bleh, just doesn't look good. It has this, I don't know, there's something about it where I'm just like, this just looks like shit. This looks like one of those cheap Hallmark style looking ass movies. This looks, it just doesn't look yeah. good. Grant Gustin, nothing against him. I don't like those CW shows or anything, but it's just like, it just looks dumb. Anyways. Yeah, I actually had something to say. I, I forgot to say this last week. I don't want to talk too long about this, but we talked about Uncharted. We reviewed it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we did. Uncharted, I mentioned that Uncharted was like almost like a CW version of Uncharted mm-hmm. and that all these people are like really good looking mm-hmm. and that they, charged, like they had all these good looking people. But the reason why I actually mentioned this, I completely, I lost the plot. I was When I was listening back, when I was editing the, the episode, I realized, oh, I, I didn't realize, I didn't say what I was going to say about that. There are so many shirtless scenes. What is up with that? Oh, yeah. There's quite a few shirtless scenes. Unnecessarily in Uncharted. Like, it, it is, uh, like, there, there's no, it, it's exactly like the CW in a way, in mm-hmm. that regard, too. You, you notice that, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely right. It's weird. It, and I can, now I can kind of understand, like, I'm piecing together why Tom Holland said the things he said in that interview mm-hmm. about Nathan Drake not being stoic. The stoic part, I have no yeah, idea where confusing. he got that, because they're like, they're making quips the whole time, so mm-hmm. no idea what he was talking about there. Because um, you, you made pretty like fans pretty worried about the movie, considering mm-hmm. he said that Nathan Drake is a very stoic character, and he, he has played Uncharted. So I don't understand where he got that. But regardless, he also said that he's like constantly posing all the time. But I'm like, I understand now what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. There's like a workout scene with him. Yeah, there's like a scene in which he's just shirtless for no reason, sitting on a couch. Yeah, him and his hot nipples just hanging out. <laughs> It's very weird. There's at least three shirtless scenes, I'm pretty sure. So if you want to see Tom Holland shirtless, that's the movie for you. It's true. Basically. It's true. Yeah. That's why the, the I, like, I don't know. It's doing incredibly well. I, I imagine like a lot of even like teenage women are, are going, you know, teenage girls. They're like, I love Timothy Holland. I just want to see him shirtless. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Well, they maybe didn't know. Yeah. I feel like they didn't have enough shirtless moments in the trailer. Yeah. I, again, I, Simon, I relate to, uh, a small Asian girl, and I wanted to watch this movie, so. Hmm. I see. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. I'm bringing it back from the start. In my mind, I just actually kind of related that to Turning Red, what you just said, uh, in some way. So uh, I'm not going to say how it's related necessarily, but uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. You got to see that movie, buddy. You got to see that movie. That sounds good. Let's move on to the next movie that's coming out this week, not, not Uncharted, which came out many weeks ago. Unfarted. <laughs> I said that joke last week too. That was a good joke. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, anyways, the rest of the movies are coming out on Friday, March the 18th. The first one is a movie called Black Crab. Yep. Uh, this is a Netflix original movie starring Numi Rapace. Um, and it's a Swedish action movie about a mother trying to save her daughter and end an apocalyptic war. Hmm. Yeah. Two fairly different things. Yeah. But anyways. Um, Without Saying Goodbye is the next Netflix original movie. It's a Spanish rom-com about two individuals who meet in Peru, Simon. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So maybe it's a Peruvian rom-com. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Anyways, Windfall is up next. This is a Netflix original movie starring Jason Segal, Jesse Plemons, and Lily Collins. And this movie is about a man robbing an empty vacation home only to be met with the billionaire who owns it and his wife. Just to be clear, I'm pretty sure it's Jason Siegel. Seagal. It's Siegel. He's not a goddamn bird, Simon. I'm pretty sure he pronounces his name Jason Siegel. It seems like it should be Seagal, though. Yeah. 
but I'm pretty sure it's Siegel. I, it doesn't seem right. Doesn't seem right. You know who Jason Siegel is, right? Of course I know who Jason Siegel is, Seagal is, from the hit TV series, How I Met Your Mother. Simon. I know that you, maybe you don't want to, you know, you don't want to relate, you know, you're trying to not relate to seagulls at all because you're, you do a raptor. Don't you dare. Impression that sounds very much like a dying seagull. It does not. But, <laughs> oh man. Sounds great. Hold on. Hold on. Ready? Yeah. I got the pronouncednames.com situation here. Oh, uh, this is from Google directly. Ready? The hit segment of our show. Jason Siegel. That's Done. fucked. That's wrong. You know why I know this? It's funny. I think the, the the reason I have this, and I sent this to you on Christmas. Sorry, I don't send anything to you, of course, because we don't talk about the podcast. Yada, yada, yada. But regardless, somehow I sent you, through proxy, et cetera. Through Siegel. A clip. And what, actually, was it a clip? I think so. Yeah, no, it was the YouTube video. and You never even responded, which was disrespectful because it was literally on Christmas. Christmas Day. She didn't respond to me. I was too busy making Christmas dinner, Simon. Regardless, anyway. Yeah, it's... Yeah, whatever. Christmas. And offering me butter tarts that you never delivered on. But um, regardless. You motherfucker, I brought you butter tarts last week. You, you spelled Jason Siegel's name wrong, too. That's also a problem. That's probably why you say his name is Jason Seagal, because you spelled it wrong. It's S-E-G-E-L, not A-L. You uh, have an S-E-G-A-L here? Anyway, it's probably what the problem is. But regardless, the reason I know it's Siegel is because in the clip, it's Jack Black singing with Jason Siegel. Do you, did you watch it? I feel like you, you probably didn't, because again... You're so quiet here, but it's it's a uh, it's basically the uh, little drummer boy and peace on earth song. You know what I'm talking about? The Bing Crosby and years ago Bing Crosby and uh, David Bowie did. Bum, bum, ba, 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 ba. Yeah, they merged them. They merged them together. They sync over each other. That one. Jack Black has a great voice. He's got a great rocker voice. He's great. I know, man. I love Tenacious D. But they sing, anyways, they sing over each other. And at the beginning of the very beginning of the clip, uh, Jack Black's like, because it's supposed to be an audio thing first, mm-hmm. although it, it was turned into a little animated video, mm-hmm. um, which isn't beautifully animated, but it's, it's okay. It's like a college humor video. Mm-hmm. And so Jason Siegel rings the doorbell. And Jack Black is like, come in. And then Jason Siegel comes in. And then Jack Black says, because it's a song. It's supposed to be an audio form. Jack Black says, oh, look, it's Jason Siegel, the actor. That's how I know. That's amazing. I know. Wasn't well, that the greatest story you've ever heard to explain how I know how to pronounce somebody's name? Mm-hmm. That was five minutes of our podcast. You should tell it again sometime, dude. Uh, yeah, I will. Maybe on uh, episode 90. But also, it's pronounced Lily Collins, not Lily Collins. Anyways, go on. You are. That's not true. Is it actually? It isn't true, but I've always wondered how you can spell Lily like that. Uh, Based on the English language. I feel like it would be Lily, but it is definitely Lily. Yeah. One L? It's weird. It's super it's weird. weird. I've always wondered about that, but I know that it's Lily deep down. Awesome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, cool, man. Anyways, the next movie coming out is a movie called Cheaper by the Dozen? Hey, I'm not crazy. It's confirmed by movie. Hmm? I'm not crazy. Hey, I'm, I'm normal. I know you're not. I never said that you were crazy. I mean, no one's really normal. I'm hearing the inflection in your voice. Okay, just keep going. We, we, the audience doesn't have to hear. No it. one's I'm really normal, normal, though, Simon. What is normal? I know. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> what? Because we start. We talked about that at the beginning of the. No, episode. I know. I know. I know why you're it's saying. Full circle, this. dude. <laughs> yeah, you remember when I said, "Welcome to episode 89." I'm bringing it back. 
Oh, that's a good one, dude. Great job. And you know what Disney Plus is also bringing back? Cheaper by the dozen, dude. Is this a remake? Question mark of the original? I actually don't know. It is. Oh. Do you like Cheaper by the Dozen? Um, The only reason I like it, I I swear, is because it it had a pretty good cast, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. And Steve Martin's kind of great. He is great. But this cast does not interest me at all. So I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, like, let's take a look. Let's take a look. Pull it up. Pull it up, baby. But uh, that cast, by the way, had Steve Martin in it, Hilary Duff, Tom Welling of Smallville, Bonnie Hunt, Piper Parabo. I mean, need I say more? No, actually, you shouldn't. This this new one got Zach Braff. Yeah. Gabrielle Union. It's got Luke Prail. It's got Erica Christensen. It's got Kylie Rogers. I don't know any of these people. I know Zach Braff. But I don't really know him. Like, I never met the guy. I just, like, know of him. Yes. You know who directed the Cheaper by the Dozen movie with Steve Martin? No. Sean Levy. Bringing it back, baby. Whoa! Bringing it back. Dude, that's sick. That's sick. I know. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. That's crazy. Sean Levy, of course, if you weren't listening to the rest of this podcast audience, of course, directed Free Guy and our previous mention, mm. The Adam Project, which I'm going to watch, by the way. That is a really good cast and it looks really fun. Maybe I'll watch it as well. Or yeah. I won't. I don't know. I'm not going to make any commitments except for watching okay. Turning Red this week. Anyways, More Than Robots is up <laughs> next. Yeah, good luck with that. I'm going to watch it, dude. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Not More Than Robots. I, before. I don't think I'm going to watch that. I might. Anyways, More Than Robots is this is confirmed by Movie Insider. So you're going to watch More Than Robots is what you're saying? No, I said I don't know. I probably won't watch More Than Robots, but I'll watch Turning Red. Oh, okay. Because I, I thought you just said n- not More Than Robots, though. No, like, no, I'm not. So, like, I'm not going to watch Turning Red more than Robots. So no, I, I was like, there's a show called the Robots you're going to watch, or maybe just Robots. Maybe you have Robots you're going to watch. Maybe you have a Zumba. A Zumba. A, Zumba. <laughs> a DJ Roomba. DJ Zumba. Yeah, Zumba. <laughs> the, the, the dances. Some Pilates. Maybe some mm. yoga. Anyway. Pilates is a weird word. This is the longest new releases I think we've done in a while, so yeah. let's keep going. Anyways, More Than Robots, oh. confirmed by Movie Inside in the trailer. This is a Disney Plus original movie, and it's actually Jillian Jacobs, Gillian Jacobs's directorial debut. And this is a documentary about four teams of teenagers around the world as they prepare for the 2021st robotics competition. Cool. Yeah, super cool. Pilates is not a weirder word than Lily Collins. Go on. Or Bologna. Next movie coming out. Deep Water is coming up next. And this was confirmed to me by an advertisement, Simon. And this is coming to Hulu. And then I wrote star question mark in brackets. Um, I imagine it is. This is Ben Affleck and Anna DeArmas. And they star in this love story. But Simon, the love story is never the whole story, dude. It's the tagline of the movie. Yeah. And they were in love for in like real life for a bit. Were they? Yeah, they were dating. Oh, I don't know that. Should I just... Yeah. I'm not even going to mute my mic. Everyone can hear this nice... It's not that loud. The nice ding-dong tone of the of the grandfather clock. The ding-dang-dong, yeah. whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Masters coming up next. It's confirmed by Movie Insider in the trail. This is coming to Amazon Prime Video, and, it's, uh, and, and it takes place at an elite Northwestern university. A black woman deals with anonymous racist attacks that she's convinced are ghosts. From the school's past, Simon. Hmm. I feel like the more likely option is that there's just <laughs> racist people at that school. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Also, Ben Affleck and 
Anna Armas may not have been in love. I said that as like a because you were it was connecting the story. Mm. They were dating though. That, that was real. Really? Prior to Ben Affleck dating Jennifer Lopez, you know about that part. Oh, I know Jenna. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck they're dating. Yeah. Anna Armas seems so young. Like, how old is she? I feel like she's like 28, maybe. She's 33 years old. Oh, my goodness. Oh, cool. I would have never guessed. Ben Affleck is what, 50 something? Yeah, something like that. But you know what? Who am I to judge? People want, he's 49. If they want to date, you know what? Screw it. They can do whatever they want. Well, they're not dating anymore, so. Yeah. Well, that's good. Your approval is dated. Yeah. Anyways, Toll Booth is up next. It's confirmed by Movie Insider on the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie, and it's about a Toll Booth dude that has his past catch up to him, Simon. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mike Airman Trout. Yeah, exactly. Next up is a movie called Tethered. This movie actually seems pretty neat. It's confirmed by Movie Insiders in the Apple TV app. It's a video on demand movie about a blind boy and a hunter that he befriends. And that are then they're being stalked by a shadowy creature in the woods, Simon. Cool. Yeah, it seems neat. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is up next. It's confirmed by Movie Insider and Landmark Cinemas, actually. This is coming to theaters and I wrote Crunchyroll? Question mark? Um, and this is a, a, a prequel to the hit anime of the same name, but the but the anime's name doesn't have the zero in it. It's just Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, I see that you wrote that. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Ever heard of a fact check? What do you mean? Is it on Crunchyroll or not? That I don't know. I think it is. I saw some things okay. that it's going to be on Crunchyroll. Right. But then I also saw some things that it said that it was just coming to theaters. So I was confused. Mm. Mm. Crunchyroll and Funimation have now merged into one service, which is kind of neat. Yeah. You can still get Funimation. They're they're slowly bringing over all the content to Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll is going to be the main service. Anyways, that's a little bit of an aside. I think Crunchyroll is the better name, right? Yeah. I like the name Crunchyroll. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Anyways, next up is a movie called Uma. And this is confirmed by an advertisement that I saw. It's coming to theaters, and it's a horror movie starring Sandra Oh that looks spooky. Sandra Oh. Sandra Oh, also in Turning Red. Yeah, bringing it back, dude. Oh, my God. That's so good. Bringing it back. The Outfit is up next. It's confirmed by Cineplex, and this movie follows a guy named Leonard. He's an English tailor, and this is a crime drama. Oh, wow. And this final movie coming out, this one I'm very excited for, actually. It's a movie called X. It's confirmed by Cineplex. It's coming to theaters. And it's an A24 horror slasher movie that looks awesome. And this is the movie that Jenna Ortega also stars in that I mentioned. And how she's like just in a bunch of slashers. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. This looks really good. Kid Cuddy's in it as well. It looks like they're filming a porno. Yeah. That's what I got the impression of. And then there's slasher shit that goes on. Yeah, it looks really good. I definitely want to watch this movie. Yeah. Am I going to make a commitment to watching it this week? No. I failed you once and I don't want to fail you again. But anyways, that's it. That's all, baby. That's it. That's all. That's it. Well, it's nice. It's just, it's nice when I watch the same movie as you and we can talk about it together. I think it, it creates a good cohesive conversation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Bringing it back, dude. You're bringing it back to that, this conversation we had at the beginning of the show. Yeah, exactly. But how it's good to watch the same movies. Constantly bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch one more thing this week. I just want to talk about just briefly the, I wonder if you watched it. The Red Band trailer for The Boys Season 3? Oh, no. I haven't seen it yet. Watch it, and then you can talk about it next week because okay. it's pretty great. As a trailer, man, what a trailer. Mm. That released today, wasn't it's it? It's an outrageous trailer. Or yesterday? Yeah, it was released today. I was like, I I, got, I turned it on in my break room when no one was there, but I kept looking back because there's some. it's a Red Band trailer. So <laughs> there's some questionable Oops. footage in there. 
Uh, no, no, no boobs. But yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a very well done trailer though. As the way it's cut is pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a really well put together trailer. Yeah, it definitely makes me interested in the season, especially because they got this like Captain America like hero mm-hmm. with Jensen Ackles playing him from Supernatural fame. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Curious to see what you think about that. Otherwise, Adrian, we are done with our regular scheduled programming of this podcast. So do you have anything to say before we wrap this guy up? Or are you also ready to wrap it up? I'm ready to wrap it up. I'm 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 a hungry, hungry hippo, dude. So oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to it. But uh, what I will say is that you can find us on all podcast streaming services around the globe, Simon. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Simon. You can find us on YouTube, Simon. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Simon. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Simon. You can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Simon. And Spotify, Simon. You can rate us on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I, I, I would appreciate it if you did, Simon. I have. And others listening. Oh, nice. I don't need to do it anymore. That's amazing. But other people, I would really appreciate it if you did that. Otherwise, Adrian, thank you for listening to the 89th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. It is I, Adrian Pinter, signing off. And you know who else uh, likes rating um, podcasts on specific podcast services? Batman from <laughs> Batman v Superman. No. It's a good movie. It's a great movie, even. Along with uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Tam. No. Village. Also, no. I like that movie. It's a good movie. Anyways, that's it. That's all. Take care. Goodbye. I know you like it, but it's bad. It's a good movie. Goodbye. It's better than Ready Player One. That's for fucking sure. No. <laughs>